1: The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels, such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.
0: Hey, everyone. So, yeah, I have not been the best in the last few Really for a long while, I've been struggling mentally. I had a depressing week off from work when I found out one of my favorite creative wrestlers was dead. And then everything on the internet went kaput. And everyone else went tribalistic and insane to the point that I, that I wanted to leave social media and all that. And then I just had a creative burnout from everything because everyone was going crazy, ballistic. I've just been struggling to keep track of myself. And then there was an issue with my medicine that I had to go through a few days without it. And, well, it led to more complications. Yeah. But we're back. I don't know how much long. I'll be continuing doing this in terms of of, uh, frequency for the next foreseeable future. I'll probably just keep going until the wheels come off for another period of time. But, um, yeah. The Old Republic, uh... Star Wars was in the news uh, with the Ahsoka series, how running around doing stuff. On my, on the main YouTube channel of this podcast that you listen to on podcasts with Spotify and on YouTube, on the YouTube side, there's now exclusive content on there called the NRC editorials. Where I basically get an editor to help me out, uh illegal as he's called, uh produced some good content so far with me on that. We made we made two edited videos, one about Star Wars and the other about, about Superman Legacy, and they have generated big traffic view view count on my channel and has really boosted my subscription on there. So look forward to more projects like that down the road. I just need to find the right energy and oomph so to speak, to get things going. But as the Ahsoka series started and whatnot, it's currently in its fifth episode, we find out that heading into it, uh, the Old Republic continues its resurrection of becoming recanonized into the Star Wars universe as there's been a new update given to the organization of its Star Wars eras. The update to StarWars.com gives us a breakdown of different time periods in the galaxy far, far away including the time of the Old Republic. The Republic is founded among the c- worlds of the Galactic Core and the Jedi Order emerges to protect it, a schism within the Jedi leads to the creation of the Sith in this epic era. Gee, I wonder who they are talking about. Uh, yeah, so it seems like we're they're re-canonizing the Old Republic game, the Revan stuff, even though they kind of sort of made them canon, but we don't talk about that in one movie mostly for my sanity's sake. And there's still the whole worry about the remake being, being produced, the KOTOR remake, and there's still the MMO being produced content to this day, after all this time. We'll see how that goes. I honestly am, am happy that we're going to get the Old Republic MMO. Uh, I don't know, the old, the old Republic coming back into canonical status. And... Um, yeah, I will not talk about the upcoming uh, the upcoming new Jedi Order film because I hate that idea. Just to be reminded that this is still canon. But uh, moving on from my personal viewpoints, uh, the, re- the remake of Knights of the Republic was stalled, switching from Aspire to Saber Interactive after the project was said to be on hold indefinitely. And there's rumors that apparently the reason why it got put on hold was because Disney and the group did not like the game they were given because they were told, no, we don't want like an RPG story-based through choices and multiple endings and all that. That's just stupid. Even though that's how the game was, and I'm just like, if that part of that story is true, I'll be like, well, why not just make two playthroughs? One where you choose your own fate of the galaxy, and one called the Canon Path. It, was, that, was that hard to do, or is that just asking too much from Disney's head, head top heads? Uh, okay. Meanwhile, uh... Bloodborne inspired Liza Pie, or P, uh, like the upcoming, Bl- like Bloodborne, has three endings. So, once again, Souls like games continues to prosper and everything. Game director, I can't pronounce his name, I tried, said players will encounter different endings depending on the decisions they make throughout the game. Liza Pie, perhaps unsurprisingly, features a lying system. <clears throat> Any extent of players' lies throughout the game will determine which ending they receive. Oh my god. So a is gonna fail at this. The lies in the game are not only lies that you are fooling others with, but also the white lies that you you have to do it to make others feel better. You have to understand others' emotions to make decisions so we want users to feel how they would as humans in the game. It will show in the ending. There are three different endings. If you get to the story, there's a big surprise, a twist waiting for you. The decisions that you made throughout the game will lead you to those endings. So it's not something like that you have to pick up the ending, it will lead you throughout the game. And, yeah, uh, man. the game launches on September 19th, and, oh <laughs> uh, man, it, it sounds exciting and crazy, but since it's a Souls-like game, I'm probably not going to play it because I'll suck at it. By the way, uh, Rockstar's Grand Theft Auto v has turned <laughs> has turned 10 years old today on September 17th. And on August 28th, the v- Rockstar's Vice President of Writing, with credits on GTA 5 and others, has reportedly left the company. Oh God. So what he worked on was Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2, Grand Theft Auto 4, Grand Theft Auto 5, Max Payne 3 to L.A. Noir. And now that he's gone, I'm curious as to know how this will affect the future GTA 6, since we still have no freaking announcement on that, but, uh, <laughs> good, so, yeah, they did that, and, yeah, so, yeah, that has happened, and there's been no update from Grand Theft Auto 6 uh, besides the leaks that happened all those months, all that year back. And Rockstar hasn't even talked about it. Like, they congratulated GTA V's anniversary, but, like, then they just were like, oh, well, nothing else to talk about. Let's move on. And Disney and... Yeah, th- that sucks that we're not getting that ga- the game anytime soon. And if the rumor that it's going to charge you 150 bucks is going to actually be true, then I'm saying no, thank you. I'll wait till it's going for dirt cheap or if it's free from Game Pass. But, uh, yeah. Also, um... Disney Plus had two big shows in production for the streaming plus service of Disney Plus. And according to Deadline, Disney is no longer moving forward with the Spiderwick Chronicles, a series that had already finished filming the episodes for its first season. But the outline notes that the series is being shot by Paramount to other potential buyers. <sighs> God damn it. Okay. So, yeah. And the outlet also reported that uh, Disney's second other live-action show was... I can't pronounce it, but it's a UK live-action Captain Nemo series that was also announced back in 2021. And film was also complete on the project. This is part of their whole... um, strategic realignment which started back in march when disney ceo announced that 7,000 employees were being laid off to cut back over 5 billion dollars in costs as deadline knows disney announced earlier that i was planning to cut content on a streaming service intended to cut 3 billion dollars in non-sports content and okay here's the thing i i want to bash disney on this and i and i and i am at least they're going to at least give you the At least they're trying to shop it around to another public- to someone else to finish up the work and publish all that stuff, instead of just leaving it in a vault somewhere where no one can reach it. Unlike David Zesloff and his incompetence with how he's handled Warner Bros. Discovery, including the Batgirl tax write-off and all the other content that he had finished up and then locked in a vault. Or you, you know when they have the final season of Snowpiercer, which has been on the sh- TVs for years now, and is having its final season, and they were like, "Nope, we're not even gonna shop it around," even though it's the last goddamn season and it's already filmed. Oh, god damn it! Oh god. Or Westworld and what happened with that? They had their final season ready to go, and then nope. <sighs> So at least Disney Plus, Disney can at least say, "Look, we may be David Zaslav, but we're still we're still shopping it around to people, so we can at least say we did that." Meanwhile, Neverlanders becomes the first comic book to win prestigious CBCA award. Which is a story, Neverlanders is a story by Tom Taylor and John, I can't pronounce that last name, um, as part of the new graphic novels of 2022, but now it's achieved something no other comic book has, and it's the first comic to win the prestigious Book of the Year award from the Children's Book Council of Australia. And this is the first for a comic book, so hooray! Neverlanders is a Peter Pan sequel set years after Pan himself has gone missing, and Neverland is beset by Civil War, and the last remaining Lost Boys recruit recruits a group of runaway children to fire alongside Bell's fairy army against a new pirate villain. villain. My god. Okay. So, uh, congratulations to Tom, Taylor, and John. Uh... <laughs> They've also been having the whole praise for the Night Ring run, but uh, people are losing faith in that considering how the storyline has been going, but uh, that's a different topic altogether. And for the first time in an upcoming book, uh, Mar- Marvel Studios is laying out the complete MCU timeline for the first time in this in this book, currently available for pre-order for collectors and all that. Set with uh, 50 bucks, about 40 percent, about $45 if you were to get it from Amazon's whatevers whatnot. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is slated to begin shipping on October 24th and will cost $20 if you buy it over on Kindle, or $50 if you buy the hardcover edition. In the meantime, um, I do question though, will this also include the Marvel Sense... You know, that comes out in November, and to do that would mean they would have to spoil something, or else this is incomplete and default, and immediately negated by default. But, um, yeah, let's get back to that. <laughs> but uh, we'll get back to that down the road as that goes on, but, um... <clears throat> uh, man. Bethesda's successful Starfield launched and has been doing pretty well despite some quote controversy that involves screaming into a microphone for two minutes and 37 seconds about pronouns. We live in a society and I hate it. Uh, Bethesda decided to reveal in a recent interview where Polygon, lead designer, talked about the decision to feature a silent protagonist, whereas originally, uh, they originally had an actor, they had the voice, they, the, and they listed him as, like, they they had an actual voice actor, they even recorded a few lines of dialogue, but, um, they didn't like it, they said that this guy is too sp- specific. And realized it wasn't gonna work. And apparently, they weighed in the option of bringing in multiple voice actors. I should have gone with one voice actor who was more convenient. Also, we know Beth has to realize it wasn't gonna work and went back to the um, silent protagonist route as opposed to just making everyone mad to what happened with Fallout. And the upcoming game. The Lord of the Rings Return, return to Moira is set, is, took a frankly over the top approach with a 4 for Age set dwarven focused survival crafting game where they created the entire secret dwarven language just so players can hear their characters using in game. Of course, of course they would create the secret dwarven language because they need to channel the Tolkien games. And they're even thinking about finding a way to share it to the wider community because, of course... Now, if you want my opinion, just make it Online Codex, and then we'll be good. But apparently that's probably too much thinking. And... and (laughs) Yeah, this is... This is just insane. Speaking of, um... Speaking of, uh... New things and old things, um, and things being redone for the modern age. Uh, fans have come out and hope that Lara Croft's new-looking Call of Duty carries on to the next Tomb Raider. And this is part of that whole re- that whole thing they're doing, where Crystal Dynamics shares their information on its next, currently unannounced Tomb Raider game, saying it's working to unify the talents so of Core Design's original games and its own reboot trilogy and how the reboot we told the story of the, uh, of Lord Croft becoming the Tomb Raider. Oh, man. So, they're trying to work to unify these timelines, and I'm just like, oh, God, they're probably gonna do a multiversal logic route or just remaster the game with a new context. But, yeah, I saw the image of Lord Croft in Mario Warfare 2 because this is a thing we have to accept now, and the design actually looks pretty damn good. I'm just like... They might not do it, but they could. We don't know. If it's good, it will be great. And then we have to remember that they're not being published by Square Enix again because Embracer Group brought them all because Square Enix wanted to buy crypto beans. God damn it. Yeah, that, that still annoys me. For, for $300 million, they sold all that stuff. Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, and more than 50 back hell games from Square Enix Holdings for $300 million. And I'm just like, God damn it. I, I'm still stunned by uh, stunned by that. So, Spider-Man and Dune Star Zendaya wants to play a big screen villain. During an interview with, with with Ellie, the Marvel actress who starred as MJ in its regrowth sequels, admitted it's good to be bad, saying, I would love to play a villain of sorts, tap into that evil super villain vibe wherever that manifests in. I don't think it's necessarily in a superhero sense, but in an emotional sense. I feel like I usually play the good guy, so I like to play the bad guy. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, does that mean we're gonna have her in Secret Wars as a uh, as a Venom symbiote? Probably not, but maybe. Oh, man. Also, Zendaya admits he wants to also get behind the camera one day and direct to direct a film. Hopefully, more than just one. By just but just doing it, the first step to actually doing something, something yourself is not an easy step to take. So hopefully, I can get over the fear, the fear, the fear. The fear of the camera. Speaking of fears, Robot Robocop Rogue City has been delayed to do November 2nd. Developer Titan has announced it was due to out in September. And then they had to change it after Gamescom and Yeah, I don't know why. Meanwhile, speaking of things that make you upset and raging, uh, The Flash has its alternate endings revealed. Well, one at least. Uh, according to the test screenings, that means they revealed... Um, one of the endings to The Flash revealed that they had this original ending where Flash just... just sees Bruce Wayne coming out of the car but then realizes something's off and then says, Who the F is this? And never revealing the bat in which Batman he finds himself face-to-face with, or with, and the film would have cut to black. And in my opinion, that is a lot better options. Because they could easily have tied in the DC Extended Universe's Flash, unfortunately, with Ezra Miller at the role. And the unseen Bruce Wayne Batman to be the new cast member and whatnot. But no, they instead went with the cring- cringeworthy ending where, uh... Uh... A bit. And like I mentioned, there's another version of this that, There's another version of the ending that has Supergirl and Michael Keane's Batman show up outside the courthouse in place of Clooney. Even this ending was to safe hour with the uh with the whole re-merging process and all that. And uh yeah, this time Yeah. You see, here's the thing so this Flash movie was horrendously troubled. It had a bunch of different endings. One there were like four or five different endings they had planned and then everyone just kind of gave up at the end when they realized this was a dying animal at this point and they were just like, uh, just choose one and we can kill it afterwards. And probably never see Ezra Miller again ruining ruining the reputation of everybody and also going hand making politicians seem like they're justifying their bigotry. Because um here's the thing about this. They had so many different plans. And here's the thing. The one plan they had was going to set up a crisis film, Crisis on Infinite Earths. And I'm just like, oh, damn it. Then they were going to have Keaton Supergirl be the new Superman. And... and (laughs) Yeah, but, like there's been so many endings. like there was no certainty if Henry Cavill was coming back as Superman, instead they would get rid of Superman and replace him with Supergirl, and then Gal Gadot one of them would still remain, and yeah, th- there was just so many endings they had filmed that it's just, yeah. So, yeah, it- it's pretty depressing when you look at the Flash movie. Especially, um... (laughs) Yeah, uh... (sighs) Okay. So, here's the thing. This is the problem I have with The Flash besides Ezra Miller. I have not watched it, so I have no right to judge the film on the terms of its technicality and whatnot, but mostly from its production status. It went from being the reverse Flash was going to be the big bad, then it was going to be this and this and this and this and this, and as regimes changed, the politics changed, and the managerial changed, I can't help it and then the director having to come out and just admit the CGI sucked intentionally, which is the dumbest reason you can do, which makes me that worry for the Batman film they're making for the DCU. Because if you're just going to use that as your excuse, um, that's going to be a problem. Just admit you you just, the politics wrecked everything. I don't think anyone would have blamed you all if you just admitted the politics and Ezra Mills' behavior wrecked everything. But speaking of reboots, and one that could be potentially pointless, is Henry Cavill's playing the Highlander. My god. So, yeah, Highlander, during an interview with Josh Horswitz of uh, Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, um, the director of the uh, film, fresh from John Wick 4, confirmed Highlander is still happening. It would be sad because. It, it, this is annoying. Th- this is annoying thing. This is what he said. I think we have some very good elements now. Okay, that sounds good. The trick is when you have the tagline that can only be one. You can't just kill everybody in the f- eh, the first time. Oh God damn it! So y- y- you're going to <sighs> you're going to make a franchise in this. So here's the thing, when I heard that I was like remember what happened last time Highlander became a quote franchise and the sequel has been considered one of the worst in existence and completely butchers everything about it. And there's no confirmation right now if, we, if Henry Cavill is going to play the legendary Doc Connor McLeod out of the Clan MacLeod or anyone from the Clan McLeod. But I wouldn't be surprised that he does. But um I'm just like, can we not have a franchise? Can we just make stick to making the one movie before we think about making a franchise? And if you're gonna make a franchise of Highlander, which is a pre-self-contained film when it's basically there can be only one, which everyone's seems to have ignored in reality. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. How about you just make the first film, make it complete, complete package, and if you're able to, come be in a writer's room and plan things out for the for a sequel or a prequel. Not hey, let's make a movie even though we don't know this will be a success yet, and the Hollywood strike's still going on. God damn it. Meanwhile, the director of Dune. And Dune Part 2 coming up wants to turn Dune into a trilogy. I, I kind of thought that went without saying. Honestly, I, I thought that meant without saying. Because Dune is such a big, harmonious, blah, behemoth of a like, story in the universe. And... <laughs> yeah, uh... Considering how Dune has, like, several books and Frank Herbert's continue of Paul's story, and... Yeah. Paul Atreides and all that, the story is actually way more complicated than that. If you actually were to re- list re- read the entire books, then you'll be initially hyped and then confused and then wonder why giant worm is eternal and is the descendant of paul and then wonder how oh my god this is so fucking complicated yeah yeah that just this just when i say giant worm is the supreme emperor i'm pretty sure we know this is this is crazy so, yeah, uh, the director explained about how he wanted to make a trilogy and saying it's been a dream of his, and, sa- and he will say that there are words on paper. He said this, Doom Messiah is written in reaction to the fact that people perceive Paul Atreides as a hero, which is not what he wanted to do. My adaptation is closer to this idea that it's actually a warning. And there's also the Dune, the Sisterhood TV show in the works, with the director also on board as an executive producer. However, he does... uh, However, if he does make it for a film, it looks as though he's happy to leave the franchise there, saying, after that, the books become more esoteric. And I'm just like, yeah, you have a descendant of his be a giant worm that somehow lives forever and has lived for over centuries. So, anyways, the ballad of songbirds and snakes from the Hunger Games universe, the upcoming prequel, uh, has an decided to talk about it more. And Lucy Gray has been described as during the interview with the Empire magazine. Director Francis Lawrence confirmed the prequels and tried to create a Katniss Everdeen. Instead, Lucy Gray is instead this. Katniss was an introverted survivor. She was quite quiet, stoic, and you can almost say she was asexual. But she has kids in the end. Lucy Gray is the opposite. She wears her sexuality on her sleeve, and she's really a perf- really is a performer. Will people go to see the new Hunger Game movie throughout Katniss? That's a big question. The ballast song, Bird and Snakes, takes place 60 years before the original, at a time when the brutal games were only 10 years in. As such, it's a very different film, saying she loves crowds, she knows how to play the crowds and manipulate people. And, yeah. It was so much, emo- and... <laughs> Uh man, there's even some more singing involved, and yeah, look, I, it looks interesting. I'm hoping it's good. Uh, there is there is some suggestions from the books I looked up when I was researching this that she might still be alive, but way in the future. But we don't know. If there'll ever be a I don't know. If there's gonna be a planned sequel after the original Hunger Games saga ended. We'll see. Meanwhile, as Starfield has now been out and everything is launched, Pete Hines has confirmed that Skyrim's sequel has completed the pre-production and has now moved on to the development phase. Oh uh, says he and O send the oh my god, will he finally tell Todd Howard to shut up and stop with the phony lying? I know that was terrible, and I do not regret that. So let's hope Pete Hines can somehow keep Todd Howard in check this time in the upcoming Elder Scrolls 6 in the future. Also, Pokemon's getting a live action drama series because, of course. <laughs> God damn it. Anyways. Uh, Speaking of open RPG games, Cyberpunk 2077's big upcoming expansion game, uh, uh, Phantom Liberty, they decided to talk about why it was the only expansion plan, even though there was a point there was planned to make more, it seems, based on all the hints from the past. Speaking of the CD project's earnings call, Senior Vice President of Business Development, I refuse to pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try, said shifting from Reddit to the developers, own, the developer's own game engine to the Unreal Engine 5 was a key reason to sign only one expansion would be made. Seeing as we have announced a long time ago, we're not going to make a second or third expansion. When said when asked we need to sell to make more DLC, when asked about how many copies of fancy we need to sell, this is the only expansion of the game it has nothing to do with the numbers and how satisfied or not we are with the sales or anything of that kind. It's a technological decision to be honest. This is the last time we're working on the red engine for the time being at least and for the foreseeable future, you know we are working in the Unreal Engine from Epic. This one was the key reason why we decided fancy was the only one. <sighs> They Had to clarify that back at last year after some early mixed messages messaging regarding Cyberpunk's 277's DLC plan, especially after they scrapped the multiplayer mode after the development after the launch's horrible base game. Oh god, but uh, yeah, Fans of Liberty is set to launch on September 25th, and their patch is set to come earlier than soon, but um. Yeah, it's going to be a wild ride, I just know that. But they did say that a big part of Cyberpunk 2077's team has moved to Polaris, aka The Witcher 4, once the Phantom Liberty expansion launches. So they're saying, Okay, everyone, development's going to be shifting around the moment we get this game on goal. Let's head out. Plus, they also have a plan to produce the sequel for Cyberpunk 2077, Orion, which is being directed... Which is being helmed by the hand of the director of the Phantom Liberty Project. So, there's a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> it's gonna be insane. But, uh, yeah. Also, as these turbulent times continue for the strike in Hollywood against the Hollywood elite, so, scream out, WE WILL DESTROY THE ELITE! And whatnot, you know, skate go, go, go off, man. Uh, the writers' strike and the actors' strike has now decided to form a cohesive unit to prepare for one ultimate strike. Not only will we strike down the alliance of the motion picture and television producers, not only will we take down the Hollywood elite, but we shall target the video game industry. Dun, dun, dun. So once again, uh, this is the continuation of their war against artificial intelligence and fair treatment and cost and probably stop having Activision Blizzard be sexually liberating, sexually deviant, and whatnot and be trying to act like they're sexually liberating everything when instead they're ruining everybody's lives. And the very fact that I had to say that in 2023 when the courts have failed miserably says a lot. Or when the Activision Blizzard likes to say that they cleared themselves of all wrongdoing because that's how, that's how investigations work, right? Right? Okay. Activision Blizzard, we here at Activision Blizzard would like to declare you all not guilty. Wait, sir, is this a thing? Wait, we could just declare ourselves not guilty and somehow get away with this? Oh my god, every politician would be wanting to do that. So, yeah, uh, there's been all that stuff going on and god knows. The last time a gaming company went on strike, the gaming industry went on strike, was back in October 2016, and that lasted for 11 months. Let's hope they go longer. Plus, for those who will say, oh, well, what about our games and all of our coming games? We have a ton of backlog and emulation technology and retro consoles and games that we can play on. We're good. I think we're good. But in these trying times of gaming industry, politicking and whatnot, because of the failure that is Saints Row the Reboot, because because their studio had, the publisher went ahead and decided to sabotage the game apparently because Volition had a different tone for the game that the uh, publisher did not like. Volition got all the blame for it and has been shut down by the Embracer group. Yep. Volition is dead. Volition has been killed. Volition Gains has been taken out back and executed by Embrace Group for Deep Silver's antics. I have not seen as much of a blunder since what happened to Gollum. And that was pretty bad. Also, speaking of studios in horrendous decline, Square Enix sadly had announced they have lost billions of dollars in market value because of how they overestimated the expectations for Final Fantasy XVI instead of trying to be reasonable in this day and age because they're blaming the sales, They it was announced beforehand that, yes, they're getting two paid DLC expansions and Skip confirmed it's getting a PC port that's officially in development. They will be revealed later this year or early next year. But, um, yeah, considering... Uh, uh, considering how... Um, there wasn't planned for DLC, but then fat feedback came back that May Square Enix reconsider the possibility... And then Final Fantasy 16 didn't sell like their insane expectations wanted it to be. And then it's currently on now we don't know. Um, uh, God damn it. Here's the thing. So Square Enix had this insane expectations for this for this and it bombed greatly in their eyes. So really it was a failure to them. Which is saying a lot when a Final Fantasy main number games consider a failure to them in this day and age. Uh, I was like, so you you think it might have been the game that failed you and not how you've been treating everybody and insulting the gamer's intelligence for the last, I don't know, four or five years alone? And that's being nice and the crypto beans you were going for and the blockchain and saying how people are saying play to have fun is an archaic way of looking at things and it's play to contribute and be a job and whatnot. And that still makes everyone mad. Look at James Stephanie Sterling's videos about the Square Enix and you'll, you'll understand where I'm going for here. But, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy 16. I've played it, it's pretty good for me so far, uh, I haven't finished it yet, and there probably won't be a video about it for a long while, I'm just exploring all the nooks and crannies about it, but we'll see how things go as, like, when I get back to it, but I have to keep up with Starfield, Mortal Kombat, and all these other content games coming out, to the point that I've lost my complete sanity over the fact that we're not gonna be able to touch grass until next year. Sadly, I have a job, so that stop that makes it last even longer. But we have to make things do in our lives, and content creating is sadly not my job. And plus, it would be a dangerous move to have this all be all in eggs in one basket. So, yeah all right everybody that was a good one that was a good one 74 episodes in we're heading towards the milestone and here's the thing when when i went on break uh when i went on this unintended hiatus and video content creation here's the thing i already have a new logo ready to go for near collective once we reach the 75th episode That will be up soon, hopefully. I'm trying to get as much content I can get out of this, and I'm hoping to hopefully get back on track once my depression stops beating me down every chance it gets and my anxiety goes down a bit. I'm hoping to get back in the swing of things with content, but my wrestling-side content? Okay, that's becoming more and more of a problem because of the industry and the community's current insanity of it all. But... Yeah, Enjoy this outro, and thank you to the guys of The Everyday Fan for still still supporting me on this channel and endeavors as this goes on. I'm hoping to also make more near-reality collective editorial pieces down the road. We'll see how that goes, but if you want to check them out, go on my YouTube channel and you'll see them uh on the youtube side of things but that's all for now i'll see you all again next time this is your host eric brown of neo reality collective pop culture news and reviews talk feel free to like comment subscribe and check out my other content on twitter and follow me everywhere you can i'm not calling it x that's just stupid feel free to see you all again next time peace take care and have a good one peace